a trepidatious do we have ways oh my god thank god (laughs) (laughs) why did that even happen i don't fucking know technology hates us well at least we've been burned so many times that we're like do we do we have waves in case you were wondering we have waves (laughs) (laughs) i mean like if they were hearing us right now we have waves got a point yeah It's Megan. It's Morgan. And, and we're, we're in. in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we almost weren't in. Oh my god. That's fucking rough. God. I wonder, I was just about to be like, I wonder how many times we've said, and we're in, in unison. And I was like, at least as many episodes of you yeah. as you have, Megan. Like, <laughs> Right? Oh god. Hi. Hello. We're back. Yeah. Been long time no see, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Definitely been just just so long since we've recorded together. So so long. Unreal. I don't even like what is time. I don't even know what what day it is right now. But that's kind of normal. That's fair for us. <laughs> that's totally fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, hi guys. Hey, we're back. It's been a while for you guys. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> we'll stop making comments like that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Really. Oh, uh, <sighs> we're back. To, uh, even though we're definitely not a movie podcast, do a movie <laughs> episode. <laughs> episode. I did say review and I was like, it's never really a review. It's just us talking about it. Yeah. But I mean, like, I was going to say it kind of is a review because like, that's what reviews are. They talk about it and like what they liked about it. But like, we usually only do things we like. Yeah. So we never, we should actually one time do one we like have never seen and hopefully don't like and see how that goes. That sounds lame, but sure. I think it'd be super fun to just shit on a movie. It would be. Now we gotta find the right movie to shit on, though. What if we end up liking it? Fuck. To be continued. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's not what today's episode. No, about. today's episode is. Uh, remember that time that Morgan, a twenty-five-year-old woman, uh, I liked <laughs> how like not surprised, but like not super believing yourself you were when you were like woman. <laughs> like I, I know I'm, a, I identify as a female, but like. <laughs> I don't call myself a woman a lot, so right. it's just weird. Um, ow, fuck. <laughs> Can you not punch the microphone? Second? I literally said ow, not because it hurt my hand, but because it hurt my ear. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Anyways, remember that time that me, Morgan, 25 years old, did not watch Coco ever? Because I do. I do, but not anymore. Yeah, just watched it. It's a good-ass fucking movie. Oh, my God. It's so good. It actually might have just jumped to the, like, my favorite, at <gasps> least for right now. Ooh. It was really, really good. It's so good. The story is just, it's so woven. It's so good. Yeah. We'll get into details. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Coco, and we're actually going to start talking about it right now because I don't want to wait to talk about it. And we literally just finished it, like, two minutes ago. Yeah. I'm, like, still, I still feel, feel like, the tears in my eyes. Yes. <laughs> Fuck my life. Uh, and then we will end off with cupidity because if you haven't seen Coco, don't get me wrong, it ends on, like, a happy note. But, like, one of them happy, sad, bittersweet, you're still crying in the theater kind of kind of ending. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
definitely one of those. There's so many notes. Oh <laughs> I brought up our, our note and then the community note. And I'm like, no, I need the Coco note. Oh, my God. Okay. So I made little jot down notes um, of no, what I wanted to start. talk about. For context, I've seen this movie like multiple times now. And I've now watched it with multiple people for the first time. And it's a really fun movie to watch <laughs> with people for the first time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to say, if you haven't seen Coco, stop this shit right now and go watch it. Yeah, I actually think it's a, requ- a requirement. A requirement. <laughs> it's a requirement. It's a requirement that you watch the movie. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> my life. It's a requirement. It's a requirement <laughs> that you stop this episode right fucking now and watch Coco. I'm looking at you, Austin, because you hate watching movies. I don't give wow. a fuck. Just watch Coco, please. I'm going to laugh so hard if you've seen Coco. <laughs> He probably has because he's not a monster like me. Um, anyway. But yeah, go watch it. Um, so this is mostly Morgan reacting for the first time and me after seeing it like a, a bunch. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's a great movie. So I've seen it like uh-huh. a bunch. Yeah. It's going to be me reacting. Um, so I'm going to pause for like three seconds while you go watch that movie. Okay. <laughs> cool. We good. Now we're all on the same page. We've all awesome. seen Coco. You better be crying or you're a heartless demon. Yeah, legit. So <laughs> my boyfriend Connor, he's outside because he was giving my us time. Back in the- <laughs> Stop. <laughs> all that you think about. Stop. Uh he's out in the garage because we <laughs> wanted to watch the movie like without interruptions or whatever. He's just out there. And he texted me and was like, because he hasn't seen it either, obviously. He's like, let me know how it is. And I was like, okay. So after I was like, we finished it and I cried. So like, wow. But like, it's great. (laughs) And he was like, okay, on a scale from like manly tier to onward, like how many tiers? And also, if you haven't seen Onward, fuck. I was going to say, I kind of want to do an episode now for Onward where we watch it together. Because I've avoided rewatching that movie since seeing it. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm still, it's still too fresh for me. Yeah. Oh, we can wait a bit. We can wait a bit. Thank God. I but we'll not. just, we'll have to keep that in our, our pocket for another episode later on. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. Especially go. now that you're playing D&D. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, Coco. Um, so yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, I want to start it from like the very, very beginning. Um, it actually already stole my heart when the Disney like castle started playing. Yeah. And they had When You Wish Upon a Star playing in like a Mexican style it, music. Yeah, they had like mariachi'd it or whatever. Oh my God. It was so good. I love, and I love, this is something Garrett and I have been talking about recently because we've been listening to a lot of orchestra Disney covers for some reason together. I'm I don't here know for why. it. Yeah. Uh, and we found this version of Let It Go. And like every orchestra version of Let It Go is just the regular right. instruments in the background and then like a piano or something just playing like the singing notes. And I'm like, cool, sounds good, but like, mm. yeah. We found this one that was like, I guess, reimagined ones. And like, you can tell that that's the sound or that's the song that they took the inspiration from. But like, it doesn't sound like the original song. And I really love it. And I feel like that's why I like that Disney one. Because you can tell that it's the same, but like the beats are different in it and stuff. That's super cool. Well, you know, I'm all about Disney covers. Like, that's something that we bonded over Mm -hmm. before. I can send you that album. It's actually pretty sick. There's a whole album? Yeah. There's one that's like the, I don't remember what orchestra, but one's like a really big orchestra that took them and redid them. And like, 
it's like sitting in a theater and listening to it. When I listened to, I think it was Go the Distance with like <gasps> the French horns. I love that song. I literally was sitting at work. I, I had it playing out loud. I had to switch and put my headphones in, which is not something that I do at home anymore. And Chance was like, why are you listening with your headphones? I'm not. And I was like, no, I just, I need to hear the music like in my skull brain. I'm going to use my bows for this yep. album. You're going to want to. Oh my fuck. Yeah, it's really good. So. I guess I'll link that on the episode too, if anyone's interested. <laughs> yeah, there's the two albums. The one's the really good orchestra one, and then the one's the reimagined one. You might really need good. to send me that like right now because I don't want you to forget. Okay. Um Okay, so yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> the movie hasn't even started yet. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like it just all the little flares it did to make it its own. Yeah. Like it was amazing. Um the way they told the story in the beginning. With the with, little paper thing. With the paper things. They looked like cutouts, but like they moved with the animation. And like when the father leaves and he just walks right through the mom and daughter. Yeah. And it's like, oh, God. It and then like it just wrenches. flips that like, because it, it's him walking away. And then it flips to like a different paper and it's her watching. And then it mm-hmm. flips that paper and it's the back of her like closing the window on it. And you're just like, oh, metaphors. Oh, my God. It's, it's so good. It was just beautiful. I loved it. They do a very good job of like telling that initial story, which is like pretty in depth, to be honest, mm-hmm. to like get the movie going and make it make sense. But yeah. like they do it quick and like in a well thought out way. And like a beautiful way. Yeah. It's like it super was pretty beautiful storytelling. Yeah. Like and it's just like I love when like less is more kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you said, like her shutting that window is saying everything in just a moment. Yeah. Like it's just. Oh, beautiful. And I love, it's like so beautiful and well put together, but it's all voiced over by this like sarcastic little 12 year old kid. (laughs) And he's just like, she could have made candy. She could have done this, but no, she picked shoes. And you're just like, okay, you can already tell how this kid feels about this whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So just a little bit of context for people that ignored our warning and did not watch the movie. Yeah, I guess. Um, (laughs) Just that story was basically just he left them to play music. And now that whole the generations to follow ban music from their family. Yeah. The mom banned music and then just like kept going with her life. She figured out how to make shoes and then pass that on through her family. And now the whole family is like, no musica. Yeah. Which, like, I still don't understand how you can be a Spaniard and, and not, not like music. And not, like, not even not like it. How do you not encounter music? Yeah. Like, it's insane. That grandma mar- yelling at the mariachis in the street. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm, I'm going to get there. Okay. I made a note about <laughs> yes. it. Um, the next thing I loved was Mama Coco. I love her. Not even just her, that they call her Mama, Mama Coco. Coco. It's so sweet. I can't with that whole thing. It's so great. I love Mama Coco. Um, and then the story of Ernesto de la Cruz was like this famous musician, like Mm -hmm, from his city. Yeah. Honored by the city. Um, and they tell this story. And the only note I have about this (laughs) is that he was crushed by a bell. Yeah. That is how he dies. I, uh, and I know I said it when the movie was playing too, but my favorite part about the soundtrack is that when you're listening to that song, it ends with him being crushed by the bell and you hear the bell and it's so funny. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I love it. Like, I don't, but, like, it's just, <laughs> it's good. I love it now, but, like, at the time, I was like, fuck. Well, damn. Damn, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So then little Miguel, the little 12-year-old. He's so cute. Oh, my God, he's so cute. He goes out to town to, like, shine shoes. That's what he says he's yeah. going to do anyway. And he just, he loves music, even though his family's banished it. Um, and he's like shining the shoe of a musician telling him that whole story. I know. In the beginning. I love that. That's the implication that it just goes back to him and he's like, and now I'm here. And the mariachi's like, 
right i wanted a shoe shine not yeah. your fucking life story kid yeah legit um so they start talking and he's like yo play me something if you think you're good and then as soon as he holds the guitar um mama coco's daughter who i don't even know her name i just call her grandma uh yeah i don't think they ever call her by name yeah i don't know i think they i think he was just calling her abuela which i yeah. think is grandma um but she comes storming in town and is like how dare you touch a guitar that's a mute that's an instrument well and she also she blames the the mariachi too yeah. she's like how dare you come near my grandson yeah and it's like dude i just wanted a shoe shine i don't want this drama by the way it's elena 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 abuelita rivera but i'm pretty sure like at the very beginning of the movie he's like that's her daughter my abuelita elena so like i feel like it's kind of hard to catch with the accent right. and no subtitles that's fair. We totally should have had subtitles. I wanted to say something about it, but I wasn't sure if you had it off for a reason. So I was like, whatever. Nah. Always bring up subtitles. That's me. I fucking love subtitles. But yeah, anyway. Them. Elena. That's funny. Elena's a video game character in one of the games that Connor plays. Oh, um, yeah. Not The Last of Us. It's the other one with Nathan Drake. and Oh, oh, Uncharted? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I forgot you do video games now. I only know that because of Garrett. <laughs> no, I know, but like you still know things. <laughs> yeah, you said Nathan Drake and I was like, mm-hmm. that's the one Garrett likes. Yeah, Thanks, nice. Garrett. Nice. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so yeah. The gr- beats him with her shoe. Yeah, which beats is him the with best. the shoe. And the, my note about that is at the end, she like spins the shoe like a gun going into a holster. Yeah, she, and then like, just like puts on it on her foot. foot. <laughs> yeah, she's so awesome. But yeah, like they don't even want like the son involved in any kind of music, like or hearing like it, like, it, like it's messed up. Um, I love when they go back to the uh, shoe shop and they're like <laughs> talking about like, he's like, I want to be a musician. Like, I don't want to make shoes, whatever. And then one guy's shining the shoe and it flings up to the <laughs> ceiling and you see like, that's obviously not the not first, the first time, time that has happened. Like five shoes in the yeah. ceiling and you're like... <laughs> And then later on, he's like, what if you're not even a good musician? And then the shoe falls down and clonks him in the head. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, karma. Um, So the whole Day of the Dead, uh, I don't want to try and butcher this. What is it actually called? Oh, from my white people mouth, it's Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> that. <laughs> they, they leave out the law a lot. Mm. I'm not sure if that's a grammatical thing or just like phonetically to them it makes sense without the law so they throughout the movie they mostly say dio de muertes okay it's just really hard to say with my dumb white person brain yeah uh but yeah so i guess you know other than us freaking out about the cute shit that's happened so far basically what the movie is is it starts off with them showing you the ofrenda which is where you put all your family's photos on the Day of the Dead so that they can come visit you and you like leave a little trail of flowers from their grave to your house so that it guides them home and they can come visit you and you like you leave them food and like drinks and stuff to take back with them for the travel. It's really, really sweet when you really think about like how the holiday is and like it's not like... I, I feel like as an Eastern culture, when we grieve, we grieve for us. Mm-hmm. We don't really do it for the person that's dead. Whereas yeah. Day of the Dead, like it's a celebration for the people that are dead to come back and see their family, which is really cool. Yeah. And like, I was actually thinking like the reason that I think I would like to partake in something like that is because it's like, it's like you said, it's a celebration of the person that's gone and it's like just a day to honor them and their mm-hmm. life. And the fact that it's like, because you were here this is all happening now Mm -hmm. and like thank you for this like that's so awesome and a big part of it with 
like obviously the movie specifically them being able to visit is that someone needs to remember you from your living life Mm -hmm. so that's why they pass on the stories of things that you've done in your life so that these people still remember your stories of deeds you did in life Mm -hmm. and then if someone fully forgets you or the last person that remembers you dies you vanish from the land of the dead yeah which is yikes just super messed up like when you first go into the 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 world of the dead or whatever at Atlanta the dead whatever you just kind of assume that that's it's the, the afterlife and like I, I think the movie does a really good job of kind of skirting around that for a while they're just like oh yeah you can't go back and visit your family like that sucks but you know they'll be here eventually right lol they'll die too <laughs> right like, they'll die eventually damn I loved how it was almost like a border setup that they had mm-hmm. going it was pretty cool and the thing that I think is pretty cool that I was very, very confused by the first time when I watched this movie was how the old dead relatives knew Miguel because they all recognized him. And I was like, that makes no sense. They didn't know him. And I was like, oh, but they, they come, come back. back and they see him every year. Yeah. So they've seen him. And there's like a little bit in the beginning where there's a couple looking at like a mom and a baby. And, and they're like, look, how big, look at how big gone. she's gotten. And you're like, ah, yeah legit so it's kind of nice to think that like your your family's still around like watching your family get to grow and stuff it's just sweet yeah and like honestly it makes a lot more sense to me than them like always watching rather than just mm-hmm. having this one day this where they one get day. to see like i think it's really where awesome. they can like fully cross over yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that just kind of took me a minute to be like this is so <laughs> sweet like it's yeah. so nice um anyway so then my next note i was like this seems like it's going back but i was like oh i forgot that yeah We haven't even got there yet. Um, So Miguel, because he loves music, has this little like music hideaway in the attic. attic. And he has like, he's basically like has a shrine to Ernesto de la Cruz because he's the really the only musician he knows of because the whole city like puts Mm -hmm. him on a pedestal. There's a statue of him. So he has this little shrine to him and he has the petals up there with candles and mm-hmm. stuff. So I thought that was really sweet that he like wanted to have like him. an ofrenda kind of yeah, yeah. for him. Um, And then he had he made a guitar, mm-hmm. which I thought was so cool. He made it with like nails and like oh, he made a guitar to look like De La Cruz's. Yes. He even drew the little skull on the end, which I love. Yeah, me too. And then what I really loved was that because I'm literally sitting here like he's playing the guitar and I was like, so he was self-taught without ever listening to music or like whatever. But then I was I saw the records. So I was like, OK, he snuck those in. But he, he watches the video. I was going to say he watches. There's all these movies Ernesto de la Cruz is in playing music and Miguel watches him play music and like teaches himself through him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is the cutest thing ever. And he's so good. Yeah, he's awesome. Oh, and like the animation of him playing the guitar is just. mm. Yeah, I know Connor would appreciate the fuck out of that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So basically he, uh, his family's all no music, blah, blah, blah. You can't use this guitar. Oh, so he makes a guitar. He decides that he's going to play in the plaza to try and win the competition, basically. And he kind of figures out, oh, he finds the photo of. Uh, his Mama Coco and her mother on the ofrenda, which just literally has her father's face ripped out of the picture, which I love. Okay, but then... <laughs> then the Dante, the dog, the dog. The dog! Dante. I is forgot to mention Dante. A, a fucking shining bright star in this He's movie. Amazing. I love him so much. I actually need to know what kind of dog he is, so just keep uh, She says it at some point. Um, oh, Frida, the girl with the eyebrows or the eyebrow singular when right. she meets them she's like oh a blah 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 dog like she says the breed and i can't Zolo? think of that's it 
She actually said that? Yeah. She's like, oh, a Zolo dog. Like, they're known for guiding spirits or whatever. I legitimately thought she just meant it was one of those, like, spirit dogs. Well, she says, she makes a comment about the breed, and she's like, they're known for, like, guiding people or whatever. And then oh. she's like, he'd make a good, like, oh. a And he's like, he's just a dog. And yeah. she's like, that's <laughs> 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 what you think. But anyways, <laughs> so uh, Dante knocks the picture of Mama Coco and her mother off the ofrenda, and then it breaks the frame, and Miguel realizes that the picture has not only been ripped, but also folded to conceal the fact that her father had a guitar next to him, and it was Ernesto pictured. de la Cruz. It, yeah, it is the same guitar. It is confirmed later that it is the same guitar that Ernesto de la Cruz had. Yes. So he's like, OMFG. <laughs> OMFG. Ernesto de la Cruz ain't my papa. Yeah. So then he goes to his family oh, and he's like, oh. y'all. And Coco keeps saying, Papa, is Papa coming? Yeah, is Papa coming? And Coco's like pretty much has Alzheimer's dementia yeah. at this point. Like she's super old and just like randomly like, Papa, Papa. And I'm like, Coco, Coco. <laughs> anyway, at first, to be honest, when she kept saying Papa, I thought she was talking about like her husband. Yeah. Because like they were calling her Mama. So I was like, oh, Papa. But then I realized because I think Abuela was like, no, no, like Papa's not coming, whatever. And then. And then Miguel was like, oh, that's your papa? And I was like, oh, fuck, it's our dad. Yeah. Um, I think it's because Elena, like her daughter, used to call her Mama Coco. And then right. the nickname just kind of. Yeah. But I, I love it. It's so cute. I love it. Um, so he goes to his family and he's all like, guys, guess what? And they're like, we don't give a fuck. No, I know. <laughs> but like I was just saying it was funny because like you said, they tore off his face. Mm-hmm. And the way he found the guitar was they just bent it over to fit in the frame. And I'm like, why not just the whole the whole dude. his whole dude out like why can't you just i don't i know if there's a plot reason but i'm like guys <laughs> come on <laughs> you just ripped the whole picture man <laughs> literally like it's not that hard but anyways so he finds the guitar and he's like yo me familia <laughs> <laughs> and then his family's like uh fuck that shit yeah music is a curse on our family what is mm-hmm. your problem blah 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 and miguel's yeah. like but you haven't even heard me play and then he picks up his guitar and then fucking abuela is all i hate you and your dreams you suck and you're gonna be a shoemaker forever and she takes the guitar from him and smashes it on the ground the homemade guitar the homemade guitar and there's like she hits it like two or three times and when it cuts back to him there's the teeniest tiniest little piece that always like flicks him right in the forehead and i always get like so fucked up about it i didn't notice that tiniest little piece that just like flicks him and he just like has this like reaction to it and it's just like you see his little heartbreak and you're like (laughs) yeah Uh, and then and then and then when he's like standing there crying his soul all destroyed all over the pavement and whatever abelita just comes over and puts her hand on his face so sweetly and is like oh you'll feel better after you eat sweetie and he is she's like come spend time with family and he's like i don't want to be in this family and fucks off rightfully so same dude yeah like i can relate to that like toxic family members doing dumb shit and then just being like oh sweetie you'll oh, be sweetie. fine have like, some dinner acting like nothing happened yeah Ugh. so that's a feel yeah uh let me just take a moment to appreciate how i love miguel he's precious he is a gryffindor through and through a hundred percent just wants to live his life no matter what anyone says and he's like you know dealt with them like the music band for, for this long 12 years of his life but then he's finally like seize your moment why like, can't you guys love me for who i am literally like come on we'll get into more of that later 
So yeah, he runs away and he wants to enter this competition because he just wants to play music. But no one will lend him a guitar. Yeah, which is super sad. And then he remembers that there's a shrine to Ernesto de la Cruz, like in the graveyard. It's literally his grave. Oh. That thing that he climbs on top of to to get to the thing that like shifts, that's his tomb. Okay, fair enough. That's his coffin. Fair enough. The coffin lid that shifts. I I thought it was just some random shrine. Nope. Wow. Yep. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he breaks uh-huh. into it. Also, I made this comment when it, it happens. He goes to break into it. And as he does, there's like fireworks happening and the window's locked. And he like, he waits and elbows the window open as a firework goes off. And I was like, Rogue in the making. Yeah. <laughs> nice, buddy. Yep. But yeah. So he goes in. And, and he's so sweet, though. As he's doing it, he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. You're just you're my great grandfather. And I really want everyone to know how good I can play music. And I just want to play music and be happy. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> and then, like, he gets down. He's like, I just want everyone to know I can play music as good as you. And he gives a guitar a nice little strum. And then all the flowers around him light up. Which yeah. is questionable. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hmm. uh, and then a bunch of people start coming to you the know, thing. I'm sorry. I just realized a question that I have. Yes. I don't know if you can answer it. But so when he strums, all the pedals like come to life and like it's a thing. And what happens is he's basically now like living in the dead world. Mm-hmm. Like he's like turned into a ghosty whatever. Um, Who is laying pedals for Ernesto? Cause... Everyone. Oh, like the whole city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, he doesn't he doesn't even come visit. He plays a show for Isn't them. Isn't that funny? That's that fucked. he doesn't even come visit. Oh my god! That's part of the movie that's always really fucked me up. Is that so many people probably have him on the ofrenda, and he doesn't come to the world of the living. He stays in the world of the dead. Like, yeah, that's super fucked up. But mm-hmm. just hit me right now. Yup. Welcome. <clears throat> You're gonna have so many revelations about. There's so many little things packed into this movie. Like it is, it's a children's movie, but it's not a fucking children's movie. Nah, man. There's nah. so many just deep, deep concepts that yeah. you're like, what? But anyways, so so the flowers light up. The reason you find out like way later and kind of through like a sort of vague explanation is basically he's cursed himself by stealing something from a dead person. Yeah. And then needs his family's blessing to get back to the world of the living. He finds that out because a security guard comes into the the shrine thingy and walks right on through him. And is like, there's nobody here. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, And then he has a little bit of a panic attack in the graveyard, which is totally fair. Yeah. Because he's just seeing skulls everywhere. Mm -hmm. And walking through people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then his family of skeletons happen to find him Mm -hmm. and recognize him. And they're like, hmm, this is fucking weird. Mm -hmm. And then some of his other family skeletons come out of nowhere and they're like, Mama Imelda isn't able to cross over the thing. And everyone's like, hmm. (laughs) I feel like this is related somehow. (laughs) And we're on the outside in the audience like, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And I literally was like, oh, because he has the picture. Yeah, he shoved it in his pocket. And Megan was like, you got that faster than I did. Yep. It took me a fucking while to figure it out, When did you realize? I I think it was when they were in the thing and he like pulled it out of his pocket. And I was like, oh, Uh, he took it with him. Okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't catch that he shoved it in his pocket when he left. Noise, noise. So she can't cross because he's got the picture. And basically this like, cute little bureau guy is like well like you just need your family's blessing to send you back and he's like oh you got family right here that's helpful so they're like okay miguel i give you my blessing you go back you put my picture on the ofrenda you play no more music and miguel's like (laughs) 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 (laughs
Uh, and then they end up, he accepts it and he goes back and he immediately grabs the guitar and gets sent back. And yeah. they're like, what the fuck, yo? You were there for like two like seconds. Like you already broke your fucking promise. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, your promise is dumb. Your promise is fucking shit. Yeah. And they're like, no. And then he's like, mm, I need to go to the bathroom, BRB, and leaves. And they're all like, should we tell him that there's no bathrooms in the afterlife? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like he leaves because he remembers Ernesto de la Cruz as his great, great grandfather. So mm-hmm. he's like, obviously he's here. So I just need his blessing and he'll bless me because music. So the rest of the movie from there is basically him trying to get to Ernesto. Ernesto. Yeah. He finds a guy named Hector who tries to cross the border to the land of the living earlier on in the movie. And you find out that his picture is not on an ofrenda. And the way you get between the lands of the living is a giant majestic ass bridge made Made of of flower flower petals. Oof. So good. The metaphors, man, to guide them home. Come on. And Dante rolling over in those flower petals, living his best life. He was so happy. (laughs) So happy. Uh, But then... Well, uh, his his family, like, tries to follow him, like, when he finds Hector. Well, yeah, they all, like, chase after him. But I was just going to say, when Hector tries to leave, he can't cross the flowers. He just, like, gets buried in the flowers and can't leave. Yeah. So uh, he ends up meeting Hector because he overhears Hector say that, like, he knows Ernesto de la Cruz. So him and Hector run off while his family is trying to find him. Mm-hmm. Fucking Mama Imelda. Oh ah. my god, her abu. I don't remember. I don't remember what it's so called. So many Spanish words. Ab- abrijes. Let me just just be like, what are the animal things called in Coco? I'm pretty sure it's abrijes. It's like with a J. Um, I was like, I have the word. Alabrijes? Yeah, alabrijes. Alabrijes. So I was missing a syllable. Alabrijes. Alabrijes. So... They're spirit animals. Spirit animals. Spirit guides. They're meant to guide your spirit somewhere. She's got a dope named Pepita. Yeah, a giant flying, like, saber-toothed tiger. Oh, what's that animal? It's totally an animal. I call it a jaguar. The face looked like a jaguar, but there's totally... There's an animal that's got, like, the... The bird feet at the back and then the wings. Like Buckbeak? <sighs> yeah. Except not a chicken head? I want to say it's a chimera. That sounds right. I think so. Chimera. Chimera. Oh. Yeah, sorry. It's a C-H-I-M-E-R-A. Welcome to the episode where Megan and Morgan Google everything. I feel like no. Oh. Because that's like a lion. Yeah, that's a lot of extra. Well, whatever. Snake. Whatever. They got like the the bird feet in the back. Maybe it's just a griffin. Oh, maybe. No, I think a griffin has a bird head. Whatever. Whatever. Doesn't matter. None of them make sense anyways. I don't know why we're trying to break this fucking down. Bird feet in the back. Because it's us. Giant jaguar body wings. A little glowy. A little angry. Named Papita. Which I think is the best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, so they're hunting Miguel and Hector down, basically. Miguel and Hector go on an adventure. Uh, I don't know if you have any points for, like, this mid part here. I do. Cool. Sorry, I just realized for some reason um, my work email was logged into, like, my Google history. And I was oh, like, oh, yikes. <laughs> yikes. So I just needed to change that real quick. <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway. So... Um, what I thought was really cool about Pepita, 
Tita. Um, so, I mean, lots of cool things. But, like, what was really cool was basically he was tracking Miguel. And so when they're following Miguel, he, like, breathes on the ground and it reveals his footsteps. His glowy footprints. Oh, it's so cool. And my one note about the footprint was that the family oh knew <laughs> the size of the footprint. He's like, oh, that's a seven. No, a seven and a half. And I was like, why the fuck does that matter? I'm like, oh, they're shoemakers. Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's like such and such toe and blah, blah, blah. And I was yeah. like, you guys are so lame. Oh, right? my God. I loved it, though. But yeah, I, I appreciated that they kept that little that little thing in to be like, don't forget, this yep. family literally spent their whole lives making shoes. Yeah, legit. Um, and then my other one was, so they ended up finding out that Ernesto de la Cruz has this big party um, mm-hmm. right before he does his show. And they have to get to his party tower. And um, the lady that was like choreographing the show was like, oh, like there's a... <laughs> it's Frida. Frida. I can't remember her last name. She's a... She's a famous lady. Frida. I recognized her eyebrows. Yeah. As weird as that sounded. Um, you got it? Frida Kahlo. C-K-A-H-L-O. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, Frida's like, if, like, really, if you're not on the list, you can't get there. But every year there's like a contest. Whoever wins the contest can play for the party. And you're like, oh, ho, ho, a music contest held in the plaza? How strange. Right? Miguel's like, yo, that's fucking my ticket there. So uh, the problem is they need a guitar. Oh, God. So Hector brings him to his like home, in quotations, um, which I thought was like really sweet, where it's basically like all the people that aren't remembered kind of huddle up until they vanish, yeah. which is super depressing. Depression? Depression. Depressing. But anyways, I don't remember the name of this guy, but he brings him to this guy because he knows he has a guitar. I can't remember. And he's like sitting in this hammock and he's like chilling hard. And he brings him a shot and he's like, hey man, I uh, really need to borrow your guitar. We'll bring it right back, I promise. And he's like... You never bring anything I give you back. Like my femur? <laughs> just I just love how he goes me. on this whole list of like legitimate things and then he's just like, my femur? Yeah. And lifts up his leg and it's like a cardboard tube or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm just like, what did you use his femur for? Right? Oh my God. Uh, so that was, that's literally um, my only note until they get to Ernesto de la Cruz's place. So that was like oh, my last geez. note. I know a lot happens, but I was just so engrossed yeah. in the movie that I was like, Ugh. okay. So from here, basically, this meeting this guy is how you find out that they can disappear from the land yeah. of the dead because, uh, yeah. You. Oh, and also the guy was like, listen, I'm vanishing. I mean, I can't play my guitar anyway. If you want it, you can have it. But if you want it, you got to play me something. Mm-hmm. And the dude's like, you know, I don't play. Like the guitar is for the little guy. And he's like, bro, you got to work for it. Eat it. Yeah. And then he starts playing this beautiful fucking song. And he's so good. And I was like, I literally said to you, I was like, doesn't sound like he doesn't play. Like, fuck. Well, and you were fuck. like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so they go to, they end up taking the guitar because his friend disappears and fucking miguel's all like oh shit man this is a little more important than i thought fuck yeah so they go to this contest and miguel ends up playing and he fucking rocks the house oh my god his performance was so great like he was literally like already looking into the crowd and like being a performer yeah it was not just a musician it was awesome and then um dante pulls hector up too and they start duetting it together and it's so cute oh my god and the crowd loves it 
Uh, but then his family shows up again, Miguel's family, and they're looking for him. And yeah. Miguel's like, oh, shit, we got a piece out. And so as they're running away, the host comes over the, the microphone and is like, hey, like, if you guys see a living boy, his name's Miguel. He's running away from his family. And when they first met, Miguel told Hector that the only family he had was Ernesto de la Cruz. And that's why he needed to find him. So yeah. Hector was like, yo, what the fuck? Oh, big plot point that we're missing here. Hector, as I mentioned earlier, cannot get back to the land of the living. So his whole deal with Miguel is that if he helps him talk to Ernesto de la Cruz, get his blessing and go back to the real world, he can then put Hector's photo on his ofrenda. 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 And then he can come back and visit the land of the living. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's their whole shtick. And then he's like, dude, like you had family here this whole time and could have gone home. Like, this is stupid. And Miguel's like, you're only here to help you. Fuck off. And like dips off. And immediately Hector's like, I'm sorry, kid. Like, come back. And you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, okay. to be honest, for me, I was like, well, you're just sorry because you have an agenda. I wasn't like immediately sympathetic, but. I'm sympathetic now because I know yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so he runs off and his family ends up finding and chasing him. And his mama Imelda chases him through this very, like, cinematically beautiful stairwell. Yeah. There's, like, this little gate that Miguel ends up climbing through that she can't get through. And there's, like, stone windows Yeah, throughout. there's, like, candles. And yeah. It's just Everything, really... by the way, in The Land of the Dead is skull-shaped. And I fucking... Everything. I'm here for it. Like, and, it's like, so great. It's not overwhelming either. No. Like, it's very tastefully done. My favorite part, which I screamed about, was the candy skull um, stained, stained glass. windows. Yeah. Oh, my fuck. Anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Um... But so she chases him into the stairwell and he's like, I don't get why you hate music so much. Mm -hmm. And then she sings to him a little bit and she's like, you know, I get that. I used to sing with him. He used to play to me and like it was great. But then he left and like he wanted or no, then I had Coco and like something mattered more than that. And we both made sacrifices to get what we want. And then it was really emotional, whatever. And then she's like, now you need to make sacrifices. And Miguel's like, no, fuck you. Yeah, Miguel's like, why do I need to choose sides? Like, this is not Why can't you just be on my side? Yeah. Oh, oof. And literally, you could tell that she felt that. Yeah. Like, she was like, I don't think not enough to, like, give it up. But, like, she was just like, yeah, I guess, like, he shouldn't have to. There were moments in the movie where you could tell that they were kind of realizing that they were putting their fight on someone else. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so he runs off. He manages to sneak into Ernesto de la Cruz's, as mm-hmm. witty children do in movies. Stuff in a tuba. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's great. Uh, and then he makes it into the thing. And it's like a bumping ass party. And even Morgan was like, yo, as much as this guy sucked in real life, like, he seems like a cool guy, which I was really lolling about. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he throws a good party. I literally was like, man, he abandoned his family, but like pretty cool not gonna lie yes like it was literally like one of those like um like mtv welcome to my crib videos where like they had themselves playing on a bunch of screens oh yeah he had the pool shaped like his own like guitar. guitar his own guitar his own guitar like oh man it was so cool it makes me laugh yeah uh so then miguel gets up and does his little i don't remember what they call it but it's the spanish like yelling yeah i, I forget I what they can't do it 
yeah. But like not really. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like like that. Not terrible like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he does that to get people's attention, and then he. Well, because the movie was like she won't listen, and they were like he will listen to music. <laughs> oh yeah. I also so the the movie that he watches of Ernesto in the beginning, I think it's like a supercut or something that he made, or oh, yeah. he's just like switching movies or whatever. But it shows a couple clips of a couple different quote unquote movies that Ernesto's been in, and all those scenes come back on later in the movie because ah. he watches the they will listen to music yeah. thing like way earlier that it comes back and he's like <laughs> Ernesto was talking to me <laughs> um, well, or he pretty much is like my great grandfather is like before he even knew he was his great grandfather but he's like I'm living by this seize your moment they'll listen mm-hmm. to music I need to play music to be happy like he he idolized Ernest, Ernesto anyways and there's like there's an interview in the film that he watches where the, the interviewer is like you know you say that seize your day is your like motto how did you come about seizing your day and he was like I made it happen like no one did it for me I had to go out and like do what I needed to do and that's why Miguel was like I gotta do my shit I fucking forgot about that <sighs> so Miguel does his his little yip yip at the top of the top of the staircase and he starts playing and he's rocking it again and he gets Ernesto's attention and at one point the movie lines up so that they're harmonizing and it's pretty sweet and then Miguel falls into his pool yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is super funny I'm a little salty that the soundtrack does not continue that song and actually uh, finish it it ends at that damn that pool that slip sucks. point yeah and it makes me sad because it's it yeah. sounds like a good song yep props to Ernesto he like swan dives in immediately and yeah. saves Miguel like right away and Miguel's like I've been looking for you because you're my great great grandfather and Ernesto was like I have, have a, a great great grandson yeah what and at first I was like yeah I mean because his family abandons him but I guess it makes more sense yeah. later as to why but anyway um so basically they just bond and he's like I need your blessing because I need to go back I need to go back but I need to also play music so the like next five minutes is just a montage of Miguel having a great time with Ernesto yeah. and all of his skeleton all buddies of his buds. and it's so cute because yeah. he's living his best musician life and you're yeah. like yes Miguel and like Ernesto <laughs> brought a bunch of stuff from like I, I didn't know you could do this, but like brought a bunch of stuff back from like his living life because he's like, this That's is what all it is. Shit. So in the there's a shot in the beginning where it's kind of showing the skeletons originally where it shows the food on the grave and the guy's like picking it up and it makes a ghosty version and he puts it in the basket. It's like to bring back with them kind of oh. thing. So which also then implies that although Ernesto does not cross over to the day of the living or the land of the living, he sends other people mm. to go and collect his ofrenda offerings. I don't like that. How fucked? That's super fucked How up. fucked? I don't like that at all. He had all. a tower of guitars. A ta- like multiple towers like, of guitars. Like Christmas trees straight up made out of legit, guitars. Legit. That's fucked up. And you know what was yep. funny? Before <laughs> we saw the tower of guitars, I was like, it's funny that this guy only had one guitar. Because like a real musician always has more than one guitar so it was like looking around the room (laughs) there are at least three and connor used to have like six so like come on um but then we saw the tower of guitars and i was like okay there it is there it is um so here's my next note oh here we go so uh finally they're like chilling they had a good time and then it's like all right maybe you should go back home now so he grabs a pedal and he's making his blessing and before he does it he's like i hope you die very soon and miguel was like <laughs> what and he was like you know what i mean you i know what i mean i'll see you again you know and he was like oh okay um oh you need to tell this part it's oh, too fresh man it's too fresh okay so he's literally about to send miguel home and then hector busts in and he's like yo homie 
what the hell? Like, first of all, little homie, you left me hanging. Like, I'm sorry, but whatever. But also, Ernesto, you stupid dumb bitch. Like, fuck you. Yeah. And basically him and Hector get into it. And it's funny because earlier on in this little montage bit, that movie bit where it's like, I would go to the ends of the end of the world for you or whatever I would move heaven and earth for you amigo amigo yes that movie bit plays and Miguel and Ernesto play it out to each other and laugh and clink and drink with each other yeah it's like literally not even five minutes before that scene happens yup fuck them so anyways they're talking about it and whatever and basically it comes to light that Hector and Ernesto did used to play together and that Ernesto basically stole Hector's songs. Like every song he ever played after that was all Hector's. And like he never gave Hector credit. It was always that Ernesto made them and whatever. And uh, De La Cruz is like, it's not my fault you died. Like I wanted to honor you and your songs and whatever. And Hector's like, you told me like you would what was it move heaven and earth for me amigo I just said it literally I was like go to the ends of the earth and I was like bitch it's not right <laughs> it's not right so Hector's like you told me you would move heaven and earth for me amigo and you just see Miguel in the background have that moment of realization like wait huh what he- move heaven and earth like that's in a movie and Hector's like yeah but this is real life and Miguel's like no 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 like that's in a movie like that line except it's a guy says it to Ernesto and he poisons him and then Hector's like, OMG, dude, poison? Like, and then it does the flashback. I'm sorry. Is that not a power move to put your literal murder in a movie that you star in? Legit. And like, you're the one being murdered? What the fuck? I'm curious how many years after dude died, he was like, okay, I think I'm safe to get away with this. <laughs> yup. Yup, 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 yup. Also, at some point. <laughs> you're too far now. At some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, someone calls Hector Chorizo as a joke. <laughs> I realized we skipped over that. And, and he's, like, <laughs> Miguel's like, why do they call you Chorizo? And you find out that it's known that he died because he choked on a piece of chorizo. And he's like, it was food poisoning, not I didn't choke. God. Yeah. So then Hector's like, oh, man, like, and I hate this scene because they're arguing or whatever. And then Hector's like, I'm leaving. And you see this like dark ass malicious look on de la cruz's Ernesto, face yeah. and then it just changes and he's like i'd hate to like leave this on bad terms how about a drink before you leave and then i would move heaven and earth for you mi amigo mm-hmm. and then he's like and you walked me to the train station and i had a pain in my stomach and it shows the two of them and ernesto's like must have been the chorizo and they keep walking and then it's just this far shot of hector dying in the street and you're just like <gasps> Yeah. So my note is murder. (laughs) That's all I wrote. Because what the fuck? Yeah. So that was Ernesto seizing his moment Mm -hmm. was literal murder. And like the movie does such a good job because like the scene before this is all happy go lucky. And then Mm -hmm. Miguel and Ernesto are talking and it's just like it's dark, but like it's lit by the pool. Like it's kind of like nice and chill and calming. And then it goes to that flashback scene. And when it comes back, you see all three of their faces and they're all like side lit by this weird green light. And you're just like. I figured it was from the pool. Yeah. You're just like, oh, this is an ominous scene we've returned to. And literally Hector 
realized it was murder. Mm-hmm. Like he genuinely, he, he genuinely thought all that time it was food poisoning that he died, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Well, fuck, that sucks. That blows." And he was on his way back to his family. Yep. <sighs> Which, no, we'll get to that. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. So he has Hector locked up basically because he doesn't want to deal with him, and then Miguel's all like trepidatious now about it and Ernesto's like you know like my reputation is very important like you don't believe him do you blah, blah, blah. and Miguel's like no you're like the best musician ever <laughs> he literally was like what do I believe that you killed Hector and stole all his songs no you're mm-hmm. you're the best musician in the world how about that blessing now <laughs> yeah can I get that blessing now can I go home and then Ernesto sees it in his eyes that he's yeah. fucked, basically. So he takes Hector's picture away from Miguel and then also does not give his blessing and calls security on him. And as he's going up the stairs, Miguel's like, I'm your great, I'm your great grandson. And he's like, and Hector was my best friend. And you're just like, Ooh. yeah. How cold. Literally. And like, okay, it's one thing to murder your fucking best friend. You're going to murder a kid? A kid. A 12-year-old kid that like idolized mm-hmm. you up until like 30 seconds ago when you realized you were a murderer. <laughs> but like, come on. But anyways. Come on. So Miguel gets thrown in a giant hole in the ground. Mm-hmm. It's very cinematic. <laughs> yeah. There's like stalagmites. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I Well, I don't actually know if it's mite or tight from the... Yeah, from the ceiling. I have no idea. But anyways, he's thrown in this thing and he's all like, sad forever. Someone help me. And then it turns out Hector's in the same thing. So they start chatting. And Hector's like, I just wanted to go home to my daughter. My baby Coco. And he has one of those flashy moments. Oh, yeah. The the dying moments. Yeah, like I'm fading, basically. Oh, yeah. And then that's when he explains that his daughter's the last living one that like remembers him and that he was hoping that if he couldn't see her in the living life at least when she died he could see her again there but if she forgets him or dies he fades away too because she's the only one that remembers him still yeah so and then yeah at that point he's like my coco and miguel's like you're what now yeah (laughs) i'm sorry what yeah (laughs) and he's like you know, I was a musician. I left. I never wanted to leave. I wanted to go home and see her. Like, all these songs were for her. It was never for anything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, specifically Remember Me. <sighs> and then Remember Me is played, like, two or three times at this at point least, through yeah. the, the thing. And it's this, like, upbeat, like, Remember Me, my fans when I'm gone, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> and then Hector's like, I wrote it from my Coco. We sang it to each other every day at the same time, no matter where we were in the world. And like, it was our song. And then it shows them singing it to each other. And it is one of the most heartbreaking moments in cinematic history, in my opinion. It's little baby Coco. And it's like, it's so sweet. He's like literally serenading her and they're singing it. And she like grabs his face. And then it fades to him being a skeleton. And it's like, But as as she's literally forgetting him in real time. Uh-huh. Like, I, I can't. It was just too much. It was too much. It's so much. And then literally Miguel was just like, dude, this is great. You're my great-great-grandfather. Oh, my God. I'm not related to a murderer. What an upgrade. Yeah, literally. <laughs> he's like, I'm so happy to be related to you. And he's like, why? Like, I, I fucking got poisoned by my best friend. And he's like, dude, two seconds ago, I thought I was related to a murderer. You're a total upgrade. Yeah. And you're just like 
fucking kids, man. Yeah. To add another point. Sorry. No, no, no. I just, I need to slightly bring it away from the movie, but still related to the movie. So we watched the movie recently with Eric, Kyle, and Garrett. We're watching the movie. And the second that that song starts, I just see Eric's head kind of like towards me. And I just, mm -mm, like, don't, don't fucking, and the movie ended and he's like, I'm just saying, kind of seemed like a Francis and Mavs moment of the, so I asked him if in our downtime, before we got back to Drac, or I'm sorry, while I was in Drakford, because I assumed I was going to be there for like two weeks by myself. If Maverick could spend some time composing another song. No. I had had Maverick in game compose Remember Me for Francis and Haltius so that when they leave again, she had a song to give to them. Oh, my God. And instead of, what's the line? Each time you hear a sad guitar or whatever it is. Yeah. I changed it to each time you serenade a star. <gasps> Because, oh, I just got tingles way back last year when we were originally going out to the temple and it was like Mav's first big trip away from Francis and we had the letters and stuff. I was talking about how it brought Mav's comfort to like look at the stars and know that they're the same stars that Francis was looking at. And she asked him to sing a song to the stars every night for her. Oh, my God. So watching that scene again today, I literally texted Eric and I was like, I'm in physical pain right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, my heart hurts. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. That's awful. But now I'm just like, how many Disney movies can I watch without getting Disney pain or without getting D&D pain anymore? Because, like, yeah, God damn it. That'll take some time. But, like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. So there's that. Yeah. So on with the rest of the movie. Uh, oh, Miguel yelled at Dante earlier in the movie and made him go away. And we were both very sad about it. I don't like when humans yell at animals in movies. Um, they don't know what they're doing. Quite literally, every time it happens, I cry. That brought me a little tear. Oh, especially because like Dante's just, he looks so sad. He's like, what did I do? Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry, puppy. <laughs> but anyways, they figure out their shit. They start like happy yelling with each other. Uh, and then Dante finds them and brings Pepita and Mama Imelda. And her and Hector are just like, you. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Um, so then they basically have a whole big conversation about what Miguel's discovered about what happened. And then they talked to Mama Imelda and explain kind of the situation and that he didn't want to leave. He was trying to come back and got poisoned. And she's like, okay, well, like I, I can't forgive you for it, but I don't want to like roast you over a fire for it. Yeah. Like I don't want Coco to forget you. Like yeah. I'll help you. Yeah. I can't forgive you, but I'll help you. And literally she was like, Miguel, if we do this, you have to go back and never play music again. And he was like, family's first, man. Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm into oh, this. The character growth in that kid, I man. Know. You're just like, <laughs> I know. So then they go to the show and cause, because, uh, Ernesto still has Hector's picture. Yeah. So they go to the show to try and get the picture. They sneak in as Frida's because they're friends with Frida now, which I find absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Um, they end up finding him backstage. They're just like, okay, now we need to find Ernesto and like accidentally run into him. And I love that they bring this back because then 
uh, Mama Imelda takes her shoe off and beats Ernesto in the face with it. And she's like, that's what you get for killing the love of my life. And Hector comes out of the corner and he's like, she's talking about me. I'm the love of your life. And she's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying right now. I'm still mad at you. Yeah. And Ernesto's like, what? And then she smacks him in the face again with the, ooh, God damn, with the shoe. And she's like, and that's for trying to kill my grandson. And Miguel comes around and she's like, he's like, I'm just talking about me. Uh, so then a big old fight breaks loose. Yeah. Kind of comedic as hell because they're skeletons. Skeletons. Okay. There's, yeah, no, it's it's a great fight scene. Super funny. Yeah. She, they no end point up, in like explaining it, really. Yeah, no. So Mama Imelda, Imelda, yeah. she ends up getting the photo from Ernesto and ends up finding herself on the platform for the stage that Ernesto was supposed to be on. And it raises her up and she's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh shit. Um, and she's at the stage and security finds her. So he's like, security starts going up and Miguel's on the sidelines like, sing. Yeah. With Hector. She's like, sing, sing. Yeah. So she ends up singing, which was beautiful. I, that is one of the most slapping songs in that whole soundtrack. Yeah. And like, even listening to it when Ernesto comes in and starts harmonizing, you're like, ew, but like, so (laughs) I'll tell you my ew part. So, um, and then Miguel grabs the guitar, gives it to Hector. Hector. And then Hector and her start jamming. I remember watching this movie for the first time and like she starts singing. And you're like, yeah, girl, get it. And then Miguel runs over the guitars and you're like, yeah, boy, get it. But then he gives it to Hector and you're like, yeah, sing and play the Literally, at first I was like, yeah, Miguel. And then I was like, oh, oh Hector, yes. Because literally I just went back to when she said, I remember when my husband would play, play I, I would sing and nothing else mattered. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And there's this point where she's coming down the stairs and she turns and realizes it's him playing and she just like gives him this look and then they just fucking rock out. Oh my God, yes. It's a bust. So security's like slowly like following her throughout the stage. And then Ernesto, like you said, comes in and harmonizes with her. But my ew is like, I just found out you murdered my husband. Don't fucking touch me. Don't touch me. He's like dancing with her on stage and the whole audience is fucking slapping. Yeah, they're like, yo, this is a sick show. Yeah, and I'm just like, ew, 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 ew. Um, So Ernesto gets the photo back and they start fighting for the photo like low-key because they're still performing on the stage. (laughs) And then finally, like on the last note, she stomps on his foot, grabs the photo, fucking books it, and it's like, cool. And then... So then they're all backstage. Hector's almost dying. Fucking, they're trying to send Miguel back because he's got the photo. He's got the thing. They're like, okay, kid, you're fucking ready to go. And it literally shows a shot of his hand, like, reaching for the thing. And the thing that kills me about this movie is I expect, like, a hand to come out and, like, crush the leaf or, like, bat it away or something. But all of a sudden, the hand just, like, like gets pulled back super quickly. And you're like, what? And then it comes back and it's Ernesto has pulled Miguel away. And he's like, fuck all of you. I'm not having anyone ruin my Tarnish reputation. My name. This yeah. is my shit. Like blah blah blah, and basically, I was gonna say holds him over the cliff, but he starts pushing Miguel towards the cliff. Which, by the way, backstage in the world of the dead, just a giant cliff. Yeah, like what the fuck? That made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I was like, I feel that so <laughs> random. Um, but like as basically they're fighting, one of the relatives turns the camera on, and mm-hmm. the other relative turns the the audio on. So now this full stage of like people sorry not full stage full auditorium basically of people are seeing Ernesto be like fuck you Hector like Mm -hmm. I murdered you and stole your songs because I wanted success like I don't give a fuck chucks Miguel off the cliff and like no classic villain like holding them out for any amount of time he literally just picks that kid up walks like five steps and yeets him right off that ledge I hate you but it's such an appropriate use of the term I hate you just straight (laughs) 
Anyways, so yeah, Miguel gets whatevered off the cliff and <laughs> Dante and Pepita end up saving him, obviously. But he drops the photo. But he drops the photo. The photo ends up in the in the water and like basically disintegrates and you're like fuck and i immediately it was like there's gotta be another photo of him somewhere yeah you like yelled it and i was yeah. like don't react don't react don't react well i yelled it and then in my head i was like i mean they kind of hated him so what if they don't oh my god they totally oh might have oh burnt god. them all <laughs> yeah legit i was like fuck 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 anyway so um finally like they get like miguel comes back and they're all like basically on hector's deathbed at this point because they think he's gonna die Mm -hmm. and hector's like listen dude like we both ran at a time i appreciate you helping but like you gotta go home and then finally mama imelda is like you can go home with my blessing no conditions you gotta go so she's finally embraced that music isn't terrible well and it's so sweet because she's like you can go home you're gonna put our photos on the ofrende and she's like no and he's like i know no music and she's like no that your family never remember uh never forget that your family loves you very much and you're just like (laughs) okay yeah oh but also before that all happens so they ernesto goes back out to the stage and everyone's like boo fuck you and he's like yo what and like tries to get the orchestra going again and everyone's just like nah and then he turns around to pepita like the screens showing Pepita saving Miguel and then Pepita just like looks at the camera and starts walking towards <laughs> it and then comes out from behind the stage and just like hucks him across and the whole crowd goes wild and it's Oh hilarious. yeah, it's fucking great. Pepita fucking yeets? Yes. Yes. Him. I can't say he it, really but does. I will allow you to. Pepita yeets him. <laughs> yeah. Yeets good. Yeah, real he good. Yeets him right into a bell. And then he gets crushed by a bell again. Yeah, which I don't think kills him, but it's still poetic justice. So oh, it's fine. Amazing. Because wonderful. I think it's really great because the first time he gets hit by the bell, you're like, oh, fuck. And the second time you're like, oh, oh fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, they're like, hey, you really got to go. Bye. So they send him back to the land of the living. He wakes up in the tomb. Yeah. And the day of the dead is over. Yeah. It's morning now. <sighs> And the, his whole living family has been out looking for him. But he wakes Ugh. up in the tomb. The guitar is still beside him. He grabs the guitar, runs home, runs past all his family members that were up all night searching for him. I was going to say, him. they're like, two of them are asleep on a random bench. Yeah. His, his dad's just like wandering the streets. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God. Literally. They've been up all night looking for this kid. And he's just like, bye. <laughs> um, so he runs like he's literally running through the flower, like petal mm-hmm. path. And he runs. He goes, I need to see Mama Coco. I need to see Mama Coco. I need to see Mama Coco. Oh. And then Abuela gets in the way. Yeah. And she, he's just like, no, like, fuck off. And he gets into the room with her and locks the door. Yeah. And he goes up and starts just like, Mama Coco, like, please don't forget. I met Papa. Do you remember him? Like, Papa. And he starts, like, showing her the picture with the ripped, like, head thing off. And I I can't even recall what exactly he does. But he just, like, he tries to, like, grab her face to, like, get her to pay attention. And she just, like, has this zoned out, like... Like, pretty much she's a vegetable right Yeah, now. I was going to say, anyone that's, like, met anyone that has any kind of memory issue like that would know that just, like, off yeah. look. And you're just like, oh. like, that alone is just heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Like, as seeing as my grandma had Alzheimer's, like, <sighs> get it, man. I get it. And then, like, so Abuela and his parents break in and they're like, what are you doing to this poor woman? Blah, blah, blah. And his dad's like, we've been out like all night looking for you. I thought we lost you. And Miguel just like sobs. Into oh, his yeah. Dad. You're just like. <laughs> and he's literally like, I'm so sorry. And I'm pretty sure he's apologizing to Hector, not to his dad. Yeah, I think he's just saying he's sorry in general. Yeah, because before Miguel leaves, he's like, I promise she won't forget you. Like, I'll go back and make sure that you're remembered, whatever. And then 
uh, Abuela's like, you apologize to Mama Coco. So he goes over and he goes, Mama Coco. And then he like hits the guitar with his foot. And he's like, oh shit. And literally before this all happened, I was like, fucking play Remember Me. Just fucking do it. it. Play it. And he didn't. And it made me mad. But then once he hit the guitar, he was like, oh shit. Your papa. <laughs> your papa wrote. Oh, uh, you wanted pa- me to play this for you. This is from papa. Because yeah. he was like, I just want to sing it one last time with her. Yeah. And he sang the whole thing. And midway through, <sighs> Mama Coco starts singing it with Miguel. And like, you can see like her face just slowly start to like soften. And that like, I don't know who the fuck the animators are for this like 30 second little bit of animation but can we get them an oscar because (laughs) the amount of like story that gets told in that one little bit with almost no words of just like her coming kind of back to reality and being like oh i know this and then she smiles and she starts singing along with them and it's just so yeah so they sing and sing and sing and like the whole family what i thought was amazing was nobody stopped him from playing in the beginning they just kind of let him do his thing and near the end like the whole family's sobbing and like yeah. but like like happy sobbing they're like oh my god mama coco's like remembering she's saying words she knows what is happening because the whole movie she's like doesn't remember who anyone is and yeah. just keeps saying papa papa which killed me I think she like Kill she me. calls Miguel by the wrong name once, and then Abuela. And then Abuela. The she literally just straight up is like, "Who are you?" And I was like, <gasps> "Yeah, <sighs> yeah." Which I get. My grandma did that to me a lot. <sighs> I get it. It's rough. God, I was like, "Can I? Can you imagine your mom?" Did- yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's anyway. Rough. Yeah. So then she turns to her little nightstand. And she pulls out like a little scrapbooky looking thing, and she's like, "These wait, are wait, all." Wait, wait. Oh. Sorry. Before. Before. Before okay. that. Okay. Miguel's like stops the playing and she's like kind of like happy smiles at Miguel and he grabs her face and says, your papa loved you very oh, much. Yeah. So very much. And then she just smiles and then goes to her nightstand. <laughs> and she pulls out the little book and she's like, these are all the letters and like poems and songs that he sent to me. And, and then she pulls out the little ripped corner of his face from the picture. And I kept this too. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh my god. It's disgusting. <sighs> and then, because the movie is not over yet. No, I'm <laughs> I'm going to be wrecked. And <laughs> then, so that happens. Everything's all happy. You're like, oh, cool. It goes back to the land of the dead. Oh, it's like one year later. And you're yeah. like, oh my god, there's more. Yeah, legit. I was like, fuck. <sighs> so it's one year later. It goes to the, de- the land of the dead. And it's Hector trying to cross the border and he goes to the little face scanny thing and it's funny because it's the same police woman that always deals with him so she just kind of gives him that look of like really are we doing this again this year okay and you can like see the hesitance on him and she scans him and like the friend that comes up and she's like enjoy your visit hector and he's yeah. like okay and then he crosses and mama imelda's there and they hug and it's sweet and then mama coco walks up as a skeleton and you're like oh wait before around yep i I was gonna say yeah before that so lair um little miguel has the little bb yeah it goes to like the family and so he's standing they're setting up the ofrenda and he's like that's your aunt blah 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 that's cousin blah 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 and then fucking abuela comes in with a new picture and it's mama Mama coco mama coco and you're just like yeah you're like why why Why? so then then it goes to the land of the dead and you see mama coco and you're like oh they finally got that 
Yeah, it's honestly so nice. And then They're so cute. And then it goes to the celebration at their house, and you <laughs> finally get to see the Day of the Dead celebration where they have food and then now music. Yeah. Miguel's singing it's so nice. in a little mariachi outfit. Yeah, it's a so little cute. mariachi outfit. It's so fucking cute. Yeah. And Dante's there, and Papita's there. Papita's there as a cat, as which a implies that cat. all cats are alabrijas. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second to remember. I was like, do I have to look this up again? <laughs> Which I'm like, Newton. <laughs> Newton. Newton. But yeah. So. Yeah. It's just really a feel-good, amazing, amazing, amazing movie. And I'm really sad that I took this long to see it. Like I'm, I said, it's my, it might be my favorite, at least right now. Like, it's I so good. I sincerely hope that anyone listening to this actually stopped the podcast to go watch it. Because if not, we just spoiled so many twists from that movie but yeah i honestly couldn't pile all the intrigue into one podcast like it no the way it's written is so fucking good yeah it's it's actually like and it's funny because like you told me there were twists mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah like i'm pretty good at like figuring twists out like even onward which fucking wrecked me i like saw things coming like i yeah. knew what was gonna go down mostly and that still wrecked me. But like with this, there was genuinely things where I was like, I did not see you that. You never fucking suspect coming. Hector of being his thing because it it just does such a good job from establishing from the beginning. I will say one thing: I actually did think he was the great grandfather at first, but in a different way. Like I thought he was Ernesto de la Cruz. Oh, okay. and then like when I first saw him, I thought he was Ernesto, and he was just like. Like, nobody in the land of the dead, like, liked him anymore. And that's mm-hmm. why he was all haggard and shit. Like, okay. I actually thought he was Ernesto. But then it came out he was Hector. And I was like, oh, fuck that then. And fuck I didn't I didn't think about it after mm-hmm. that. I was like, oh, fuck. And, like, I would have, once he was Hector, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not his great great father. It's Ernesto. Like, you're like, whatever. Yeah. And then, like, part of you is, like, the guitar, though. And then you realize that it was Hector's guitar that he took. And you're like, you absolute fucking monster yeah took all the songs and the one thing where hector's like i didn't write remember me for me or ernesto i ernesto i wrote that for coco yeah like i did not write that to be famous or success like i wrote that for my daughter and Mm -hmm. i was like (laughs) yeah it's fucking rough yeah it's real rough real rough but it's so good yeah and like that's the thing where it's like i feel like it's rough in a way that it's not like it's not too relatable where it's yeah. like to me like I could literally tomorrow watch Coco again I still am staying away from Onward because yeah. it's too real yeah. it's too real for me but like this one was just so sweet and cute and wonderful yeah. and it was just amazing it's very like heartfelt and mm-hmm. like <laughs> speaking of someone who doesn't have a huge connection with their family I still felt a lot of that yeah and like I've the, the fact that they use the Day of the Dead like that is so, like... Yeah. Ugh, it was just so beautiful. Yeah. And I like learning about other cultures and stuff. So getting sure. to know that that's kind of how they see that is actually really cool. Yeah. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So yeah. that was awesome. And visually, the movie's fucking stunning. Yeah. I know we didn't really talk much and about that, that until <clears throat> after the, an- the animation part of the beginning, but the whole thing is just stunning. And that came out... 2017 so it's only like a three-year-old movie wow really yeah i feel like it's been out for forever i feel like it's been out for a long ass time but i feel like that's because of book of life i was just actually I fuck up those two movies in my head a lot i was gonna say the book of life i've also not seen and i think that's probably the one that i was thinking i was like book of life coco same shit and now i'm like it's a good movie but not in the same way yeah i do still like book of life but oh, coco man yeah coco's amazing just kills it yeah. pixar be killing it these last few years mm-hmm. like fuck 
Yep. Okay. But yeah, so that's Coco. Yeah. Uh, I was going to be like, go watch it, but like you should have already. Yeah. And if you haven't, fuck you. Go watch it right now before we do cupidity to end this episode. Yeah. You don't deserve cupidity if you didn't watch Coco. Sorry. Nope. But now. Okay. Now that you're back. <laughs> Again. Or, you know, maybe you went to watch it a second time because you heard us talk about it and you were like, damn, that movie's good. You got a point. Oh, man. I want to go watch it right now. It's so good. <laughs> I'm going to get like random sad messages now. Just like, but Mama Coco, no. Uh, Mama Coco was and my fave. I love that the movie's called Coco. I was just gonna say and it's that it's not the main character. It's not like yeah. it's the, Mama the Coco. most that she ever says is at the end of the movie when she mm-hmm. sings and says that like I kept all this shit from my dad, mm-hmm. and then she it. dies. Yeah, and you're just like ah. Coco, Mama Coco. I love Mama Coco when she was like, "Huh, what's going on?" Yeah, what? Her little <laughs> braids. Oh my god. Do you know something I didn't mention though before cupidity? I <laughs> when you said it at the end, I was like. <clears throat> so um little girl coco okay so there is that i guess i didn't mention that yeah little little baby coco has the braids and mama coco has the braids in her gray hair but that's not even what i was gonna say i didn't even mention this to you so i noticed at the end her wheelchair had like a wicker seat on it and i just thought that was the cutest shit i've ever seen it's literally like they wove the wheelchair for her yeah i thought it was just so cute trying to figure out the time periods of disney movies is one of like my favorite pastimes i feel like they try and keep it vague for a reason they do but they also like there's certain like time period pieces that you need to put in to contextually make the movie make sense yeah i feel like i've watched like a documentary or something on how they do it and i also feel like there's certain movies that they don't care about if you know the time period, like Beauty and the Beast, for yeah. example, is one that I'm like, yeah, I know that's in like the 1700s in France. Yeah. Like, but like there's others that it's like, like Moana. Yeah. I don't know what time period that's in. That could be fucking now. It could have been 400 years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and on an island. Yeah. There's some movies that it really doesn't matter. But yeah. like, I still, I agree. I like think like, when the fuck did this happen? Mm-hmm. Like, is this supposed to be in the future now? Like forever ago? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, sorry about that. Not sorry. <laughs> That's fine. It's been so long since we've done a movie episode. That was kind of fun. It is. Yeah. And it has. It has and it is. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> and we're going to finish up with some cupidity. Woo woo. Because that's something. Oh, wow. Weird and backwards that we haven't done before. Yep. Hasn't felt like an hour's passed, but all right. Yep. You ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Would you consider dating someone who openly found your friends disgusting? <laughs> um, it depends on what way. Let's come back to that one. Okay. Is an astrological sign at all important in a match? <laughs> um, not like as a deciding factor to date them, but like I like to check up on Look them. Look into it after. <laughs> yep. Uh, would being in the same room with a couple of friends who are having sex bother you? <laughs> depends on the context uh probably not if i was uh sleeping otherwise yeah (laughs) do you currently own or have ever owned a suit slash dress that cost i'm gonna say a thousand dollars or more i think it's pounds which is like way more but um no how often do you masturbate often enough but i also get some (laughs) so like often enough (laughs) would it bother you if your partner insisted you were perfect and refused to acknowledge your shortcomings I have that now, so. Would you be jealous if your significant other thought a fictional character was incredibly hot? Um, no. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Like, okay, so a couple things I want to go back to on that one. The first one was the friends just being disgusting. Yeah. So that one was like, okay, so if... Like, the person I was with was, like, your best friend's disgusting. Like, she's fat. She's ugly. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, no. Fuck you. you like, jump off a cliff. Get the fuck out of here. But, like, if he was, like, I don't know. Your friend's kind of treating you like shit. Like, they're kind of disgusting to me. Like, that's something that I'd be, like, maybe that friend actually isn't a great friend to me. You know? like Or if it was something, like, super stupid. Like, your friend's disgusting because they drink too much coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be, like, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. So... That one was a little bit, like, weird for me. I think I just overthought it. But, like, yeah, if it was just appearance-wise and they were being dickheads, I don't want that in my life. True. Um, what was the other one? Astrological sign, being in the same sex as people. Or, sorry, being <laughs> in the same room as people who are having sex. Uh, uh, expensive suit or dress. How often do you masturbate? <laughs> do, would it bother you if your partner insisted you were perfect? Right. And then being jealous if they thought a fictional character was hot. Right, 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 right. So, um, the masturbating thing, uh, you know, I have a high sex drive, so does Connor, but, like, even though we live together and, like, we're with each other a lot, sometimes it just doesn't happen. You just gotta get the job done sometimes. Sometimes it needs to happen. That's all. That's all. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Not that he's not satisfying, it just has to happen sometimes. Um, (laughs) the other one was, (sighs) what would you do if your partner, like, consisted you were perfect and blah, 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 like... I said that already is now like he does he's very sweet and he loves me and he loves me f- like with my faults and whatever he just doesn't see my faults as faults which like used to frustrate me honestly like especially dealing with like depression and anxiety and yourself like mm-hmm. saying that you're shit all the time it's like you want to say like no I fucking know you're lying because I know who I am you don't know who I am blah blah blah. You're just like, I'm shit. Yeah. And you just don't realize it yet. But I mean, like eight years later, it starts to be like, you know, you probably know me. Maybe they just don't hate this about me like I do. Exactly. So like, I don't know. I think it used to really bother me, but now it's like, it's kind of helped me a lot. That's true. Yeah. Um, and the last one, the fictional character one, like, really? I thought I was going to say, like, would you be jealous if, like, they thought of them while you were in bed or something? But, like, just thinking someone's hot? I think fictional characters are hot. Seriously. So many of them. Yeah. Almost all fictional characters are hot. Yeah. Like, I know. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, no. Whatever. Yeah. It's just like, can that fictional character get some? No. He should be jealous of me then. <laughs> just saying. True, true, true. Just saying. <laughs> yep. Cool. Those All were right. kind of weird questions. Those were kind of weird. Again, cupidity's hit and miss. Yeah. With the weird shit. Uh, so I'm going to delete those. Oh, yeah. I'm about. That's no, okay. I'm glad you kept them because I didn't quite remember which ones I wanted to go back to. Oh, I texted myself on something and I don't know what. I don't want to pull on it too hard. I think it's like. Oh, oh. It just fell. Okay. Uh, I'm ready when you are. Oi. Three, two, one, go. If you could have brilliant skill at something, would you prefer something practical or something fun? Fun. Would you make a fool out of yourself in public if it meant you were making your partner laugh? Yes. <laughs> you are more romantic than most people you know. True or false? False? We'll come back to that. <laughs> would you ever correct your partner for seriously misusing or mispronouncing a word? Yep. <laughs> he asked me to. <laughs> Do you ever feel the need to pick at other people's blemishes? No. Nope. Have you ever had sex with a person within the first hour of meeting them? Nope. Wow. <laughs> what kind of rides do you like at amusement parks? Most of them now. 
As long as they don't go upside down. Now. Yeah. <laughs> is intoxication ever an acceptable excuse for acting stupid? What? It depends on the level of stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you had a sectional... Sectional? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, wow. If you had a sexual fantasy that you know your partner is turned off by, would you bring it up or keep it to... That's it. This question stops. I'm sorry. I'm cutting into your time, but like... It's okay. Uh, would you bring it up? How would I know that it grosses them out if i've never talked to them about it if you had a sexual fantasy that you know your partner is turned off by would you bring it up or keep it to yourself is probably the end of that um i feel like that specifically was probably just like maybe it came up in a tv show or something and they were like oh that's so gross i would never want that and you're just secretly like Fuck. <laughs> uh i don't know i'd probably bring it up eventually yeah. i feel like once you're in a relationship for long enough you get to a point where you're like hey man so that one thing. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait what's, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Come legit. on. <laughs> like, I feel like you get to a point in a relationship where you're like, why not? Yeah. Let's give it a shot. Right. And then if neither of you likes it, you're like, nope, never mind. Nah. Oh. That was a mistake. Nope. That actually happened like, I'm not going to say what it was, obviously. Oh. But like, I'm not on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> but like really early into our relationship, like Connor was like, do something or whatever. And I did it. And then he was like, immediately after he was like, no. Nope, never mind. No, I, I thought I, no, Mm-mm. no, no. Um, So something I wanted to go back to for you was. <laughs> the romantic thing? Yes. So. My problem is, is that I wouldn't, It it was also like than most of the people you know yeah i wouldn't consider myself a super romantic person but i also like thinking about the people that i'm friends with i wouldn't think most of them are super like romantic either not like the classical right sense of the term like my romance is like oh you remembered this one thing that i mentioned one time and like got it for me or whatever it's not like oh you know a steak dinner and like roses or whatever it's like i don't know so this might be a little gushy, but here's my opinion. Aw. I think there's more than one way to be romantic. That's true. It's not always a, like... I feel like that's why the question confused me so yeah. much. Because I was like, no? You're the kind of person that hand makes Christmas gifts. <laughs> You're the kind of person that, like, writes me a letter for my birthday. Like... I don't know. I know that maybe because you're not really into PDA and like that kind of stuff and like whatever, but like you surprise the people you love with acts of kindness and and stuff like a lot. Like I think I think I need to take that test. That's like, what's your love language? Yes, you do. And I'd be like, am I secretly in love with all my friends? <laughs> Can we do that as a podcast? Episode? I, I need we need to. Okay. Because have you taken it yet? I have, but oh. I would love to take it again and like we'll take it before the podcast and just talk about it because okay. I like I. I want everybody to take that. I think it's so I important. I think everyone should. I force Connor to. Figuring out how you want love and how you give love. Because, mm-hmm. like, some people just, like, don't vocalize that shit. They'll just, no. like, you know, give you a little, like, thing here and there. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that would be a very interesting episode. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's so many things where it's, like, you know... My love language is um, attention or affection or whatever it is. But if the person you're with's love language is like, um, I think it's like acts of service. So it's like your your love language is cuddling and like, you know, that one-on-one time. But their love language is like taking out the trash for them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you're not giving that to them. Then they're going to be like, well, you don't love me. Yeah. But that's not the fact. You just you're don't just not know. loving each other in compatible ways. Yeah. And like, I this kind of brings it back. We're all trying to like 
classically love each other. Yeah. And then when we can't do that, we're like, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, not lovable, question mark. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Legit. I'm, I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm romantic. <laughs> you are. I'm Yay! just saying. <laughs> I was going to be like, let's name this episode, Guys, I'm Romantic. And I was like, this episode's about Coco. It's got nothing to do with me romancing. But like, that doesn't stop us from how our titles having nothing I know, to do with I the know. episode anyway. That's fair. Yeah. Like the last time, what the fuck are the stars saying? I love that. I <laughs> forgot what that was, to be honest. It yes! took me a hot second. And then I remember that I checked co-star on... <laughs> It's, it's, it got brought up. Oh my up. God. It was the rule we were supposed to check. Holy fuck. We didn't Before? check. Yep. Oh my God. Find an ease of movement. Do you feel vulnerable? Huh? Today you face your inner turmoil. It is magic. It comes from years you've spent learning to endure vulnerability. <laughs> 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 Looking at and sitting with your feelings will serve you well right now. I blame that on Coco. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's- yeah. Okay. Whew. We have to remember to check that before we record. Yes. Because, fuck. Great. Our podcast manager is now the fucking... Stars. Stars. <laughs> yep. My one app that I use. It's yep. very in-depth. I actually very like it. Not yeah. sponsored, but would love to be. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just send us, like, a bunch of astrology, like, merch. Yo, I'd be down with that. Oh, fuck yeah. Fucking A, dude. Yep. The other day, Jesse messaged me, and he was like... Does being born on the solstice, or no, does my birthday being on the solstice, like, matter at all? And I literally responded, and I was like, well, I mean, like, if you were born on it, yeah. And he was like, the solstice is the same day every year. And I was like, oh, my God, you said solstice and not full moon. Right. (laughs) 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 Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I ended up looking into it and it totally did. It's actually kind of cute. Do you want to hear about it? I do. Okay. So uh, the winter solstice is like obviously the longest night of the year where we see the least amount of sun. So I made that quip and I was like, I mean, like the winter solstice has the least amount of sunlight if you want to take that for whatever it is. But mm-hmm. like, I'll actually look into it for you. So, and if anyone happens to be listening and be like, bitch, you're wrong, please feel free to correct me because this was just my brief internet research extravaganza into it. But basically... Um, so any celebration that's held on the solstice historically and stuff is normally celebrating the fact that you are now at the longest light or the longest night, sorry. And every step you take forward is now towards more light. So it's actually kind of celebrating that kind of like without darkness, they cannot be light sort of thing. And how now every step forward, you're kind of moving towards that lightness and although you had darkness in your life you're kind of leaving it behind and so because it's kind of a day where like a lot of celebrations are happening at the same time usually speaking uh kids who are born on like specific holidays like christmas or whatever are kind of like not given the energy of the world that sounds kind of gay but basically that (laughs) sounds kind of (laughs) gay so like all these people around the world celebrating like coming towards light and whatever that typically babies born on the winter solstice are very like jovial outspoken people they're very like off the cuff and just kind of say what comes to their mind and they're constantly trying to make people laugh and especially bring people out of their darkness and make them kind of see the humor and light in things and I was like Jesse, Jesse, if that ain't you, buddy, like, Jesse, he's our little solstice baby. Oh my god, yeah. he's so cute, right? I was like, that's precious. I'm wow. just saying. I want to rename rename him on Facebook as Solstice Baby. Do it, <laughs> do it. I'm just gonna do it with no context, and he's yep. gonna be like, um, um, 
what? And then I'm just going to start calling him Solstice Baby yeah. now. And then he's going to remember that we're best friends and he's going to be like, oh, oh okay, okay. nice bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways. <laughs> Fucking see you later, guys. Yep, that's how this is going. Bye. Bye.